Sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yeah, this is your old pal, Nate Larkin, here at the microphone once again, holding the fort alone. Uh, my co-host, Aaron Porter, is still on sabbatical. That probably is going to extend for a few more weeks. I'm not quite certain when he's going to be able to rejoin me. Uh, but uh, no reason to stop the show. In fact, we've got a full calendar of guests uh, this summer. We've got uh, wonderful, wonderful episodes coming up. I can't wait to get to them. Oh, let me see. Personal stuff, personal stuff. Ah. Uh, uh, this is hardly recovery related. Maybe if I stretch it, I can find a way to connect this to recovery. But I got a problem I could really use some advice on. Uh, I've got a yard here in Franklin, Tennessee, and that yard is populated by an undetermined number of moles. Uh, yeah. So these moles are tracking back and forth across my yard, creating these ridges. I also have a dog that is determined to catch the moles. So the dog is trenching, trying to catch the moles unsuccessfully. So I've got ridges and I've got trenches through my yard. My yard looks like a lunar landscape. I've despaired of, you know, at one point my yard almost looked like a fairway. It was beautiful. Now it's just, anyway, it's driving me freaking crazy. If anybody out there can tell me how to get rid of these doggone moles, uh, I would be most grateful. Any advice you can give me? Right now, I feel like, like uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Bill, uh, what's his name? Bill Murray in Caddyshack. I'm obsessed by catching that gopher and I can't catch, I can't catch them all. And I can't stop the damage and I can't keep my dog from digging after him and the whole thing's a mess. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't think that that kind of stress would make me want to drink or look at porn. Unfortunately, uh, I haven't done either, but I, I do have to face the fact that that my brain looks for relief from stress of any kind, whether it's relational or vocational or you know, agricultural <laughs> and will offer me some, the, the prospect of some temporary relief, a way to trigger a little dopamine cascade in my brain uh, that it will not bother to tell me will result later in catastrophic consequences. I'm grateful that I haven't been pushed to a relapse by this damn mold, but mold, but uh, anyway, that's it. All right. Well, uh, we have a terrific uh, interview coming up. You're going to love this. But before we get there, seems to me that it would be helpful for us to spend some time just uh, getting into a virtual room together and having uh, an honest, uh, vulnerable, humble conversation around a topic. We're going to have a mini meeting. Uh, I asked yesterday on Slack for three volunteers to join me in a mini meeting. We have those volunteers. We've got Joe, Dave, and Russ. Uh, so here we go. It is this week's Samson Society mini meeting. Well, welcome to this mini meeting of the Samson Society. Uh, we've reached the sharing portion of our meeting. In sharing, we speak honestly out of our own experience. We tell the truth about ourselves, knowing that our brothers will listen to us in love. And unless we're recording this for broadcast, we'll hold whatever we say in strictest, strictest confidence. confidence. <laughs> strictest confidence. 
Uh, we try to keep our comments brief, taking care to leave plenty of time for others. We address our statements to the group as a whole rather than directing them toward any one person. As a rule, we refrain from giving advice to others or instructing them during the meeting, believing that such conversations are best reserved for private moments between friends. Suggested topic today is habits. Uh, but we're not confined to that subject. You may speak about any issue that's currently commanding your attention. The floor is now open for anyone who wishes to speak. Hey, guys, I'm Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be here today. Um, habits. Well, there's good habits and there's bad habits. And uh, during my active addiction, I had a lot of bad habits, uh, viewing pornography on a daily basis, spending hours and hours on the Internet looking at it. Um, other sexual activities of acting out, like masturbation, uh, um, anonymous sexual encounters and, and various things like that. Um, but now that I'm uh, staying sober, um, I, I got about a little over six months of sobriety this time around. I'm, uh, I gotta tell you, I'm a relapse prone individual. So uh, yeah, I need to form good habits uh, on a daily basis. I've been in and around 12 step recoveries for gosh, almost 30 years, I would think. I, dates back to when I first got sober from drugs and alcohol back in 1991, first mm -hmm. time around. Uh, anyway, um, some habits that I try to do and I heard about, you know, at a 12-step meeting where uh, there's five habits um, that I, I try to remember to at least do some of them every day. First one in the morning uh, is prayer. And, and I just, you know, try to have a conversation with God. Um, I talk to him. And I read his word and he talks back to me, you know, through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And um, that's where I get centered for my day. Uh, number two is um, attend a meeting every day. Um, and that one I usually make um, on a regular uh, or on a daily basis. Uh, the third habit is, um, and I don't always do this one, but uh, talk to someone um, that's in recovery also outside the meeting and uh, I don't always touch base with my Silas every day. I probably should get more habitual about that, but uh, um, I'm working on it, you know, baby steps. Mm -hmm. uh, the the fourth fourth one, yeah, is uh, read, read something from recovery literature, uh, like the Unwanted book by Jay Stringer, or um, uh, I got to mention this one, and I'm not brown nose and everything, but the uh, Samson and the Pirate Monks by, by Nat, Nate Larkin. It's a pretty good book. It's got a great testimony in it. I've got both the hard copy book and have listened to the book through um, audio.com. Um, and uh, he does a good job of telling his story. Um, the fifth thing I, I try to remember to do, and sometimes I'm real tired at night and I just forget, but is to talk to God some more and uh, just thank him for a day of sobriety and uh, for keeping my mind off of, off of uh, sexual fantasies and things. Um, I try to, um, I've asked God, you know, I've my, I have what I call my, my Philippians 2.13 prayer, um, where I ask God to give me the desire to follow him and then give me the power and the good sense to, to, to carry that out in my life. And um, he's, he's always faithful to do that. Um, the Holy Spirit kind of reminds me whenever I, I start to have um, sexual fantasies or, or thoughts of acting out coming into my head. Um, he he kind of lets me know that I'm I'm, I'm uh, heading towards the danger zone, and um, helps me to choose to redirect my thoughts and uh, and uh, desires to do something different or, or more towards facing him rather than facing the uh, the opposite direction towards the the sexual sin. So um, yeah, I think that's about all I, I I wanted to say about habits and stuff. So uh, thanks for letting me share. Or, or share. Um, I'm Joe. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Joe. Hey, I'm Russ. Hey, Russ. Hey, Russ. Hey, Russ. Uh, habits. You know, a bit of a backstory. Um, my active addiction is is not porn. It's it's cheap alcohol. Um, and a number of years ago, I had to move physical locations for a job within the same company, and really had checked out. It was all about me. It was all about me um, not feeling things. And so, you know, just was not in a good place. I uh, really left my wife to 
manage the move and, you know, getting the family from point A to point B. Um, and then just about four years ago, took a brand new job with a different company and different culture, different set of expectations, didn't know the stuff that I didn't know. And I found that my habit of relying on cheap alcohol really intensified. Um, it was about a little over three years ago, I guess, that, uh, you know, hit, hit my low point. Um, my wife threatened to leave or have me leave um, if I didn't change things. And that's when, you know, the Samson virtual meetings were just taken off. And so I got involved in pure desperation. Um, fast forward, I am in the process and will in the next couple of weeks be moving physical locations from point A to point B for a brand new job in a brand new company. Mm. And um, so obviously my wife quite concerned um, that, you know, I would fall back into habitual patterns and, you know, I could, I could very honestly tell her, you know, I've got, I've got this habit of checking in with my Silas and I've got the routine of being in the same Samson meeting week after week with the same group of guys. And I said, I got, I got a bunch of people that I know that I can reach out to if, if things start going sideways. And, you know, I have actually increased the, the conversations with my Silas just in advance of this move. Um, so, you know, I, you know, my wife is still, still rightfully concerned. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm walking into this one now with, with us, with a sober mind. And I think I've also developed habits in the, it, particularly in the last year, my, my habits have really been focused on, on my physical body. Um, I gained the COVID-19, so I'm working desperately to lose those 19 pounds um, by eating, eating better, being, being more active. I've taken up running again, um, but I'm also prioritizing sleep. You know, I, I don't make any apologies for wanting to go to bed at nine o'clock at night mm. um, and, and making sure that I, you know, as much as I'm able to, you know, with, with the looming new job and, and all of that, uh, I've not been sleeping as well as I would normally. But um, yeah, I think for habits, I've it, particularly in the last year, it's been it's been mostly physical. And I, I've, you know, when I first joined Samson, I would I think that really what I wanted to do was change all my habits all at once, mm. and realize that that was just postponing another another fall. Um, and in the last couple of years, have really grown comfortable with you know God seems to be prompting me to get a little more active and eat a little better and get a little more sleep not necessarily diving deeper into uh, a Bible study or, or something like that. Not that I don't read the Bible or study the Bible, but, you know, really developing that as a habit right now. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for my Silas and the, and the group of guys that are in my corner. Um, and that's what I got on habits right now. Thanks. I'm Russ. Thanks Russ. Thanks, Thanks Russ. Russ. Hi guys. I'm Dave. Hey Dave. Hey Dave. Dave. I'm from Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. I, uh, I've just been around the society now for about 10, 11 days. Um, life's been, been really good in the last 10, 11 days as a result of this already. Uh, like Joe, I uh, have been uh, in other recovery groups for a number of years. Uh, January 25th. 2001 is my sobriety date for alcohol. Uh, alcohol is my uh, primary addiction. Uh, however, um, I made some bad choices early on in my 12-step uh, program with respect to my fourth step and fifth and uh, chose not to deal with the uh, uh, sexual area of a fourth-step inventory. And I guess at the time, I just felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm breaking new trail with alcohol. I don't need to deal with that one now. Uh, unfortunately, that was not, did not prove to be a wise decision uh, because uh, for 20 years almost, I, uh, I left that alone, left it on the table. And uh, even when I did other fourth and fifth steps, I, I did not, I continued not to address that. Um, and they say, if you don't deal with a defect in your life, uh, once you've started into a recovery program, it'll eventually come back to bite you. 
And I have to say this one uh, definitely has. Uh, Easter of 2021, uh, a spouse I was with, a common-law spouse I was with for uh, 11 years, uh, lived together for uh, five of that, uh, asked me to leave the home. And, uh, you know, today I have to say bless her heart because uh, that event has uh, forced me to do, to dig deeper into Dave's inventory and, and Dave's world and, and Dave's mind and, and uh, deal with this uh, area of, uh, of uh, porn and uh, masturbation and uh, sexual thoughts. And uh, yeah, as I said, I'm just real fresh in that area, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm on track. You know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, when COVID started, uh, we were down in Florida for a week, week I'm home. We rushed home actually a day early. And when I got home, uh, the fear took over about COVID and uh, uh, pushed my limbic system into uh, overdrive. And uh, for about six weeks, I, I dug back into my sexual habits. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, I didn't have a, a group like, uh, like these men here with Samson Society to, uh, to talk to daily and uh, hold me accountable. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that had I had had these fellows in my corner back then uh, I, I'd have got through that, uh, through that uh, slip, if you will. Um, as far as habits go, I, I believe uh, like any, like much things, many things in life, uh, I have uh, positive habits and negative habits. Uh, I've heard some of the uh, negative habits here already today. Uh, I'm going to touch on the positive habits. Uh, I guess I heard some of them as well, but yeah, uh, asking for help every day, uh, um, talking to your sponsor. I don't certainly haven't done that daily or my Silas. I haven't talked to my Silas daily yet. Uh, it's a good practice. Uh, the more you can do any of these, uh, to do's in your toolbox, uh, in the, uh, recovery program, the, the better, the better you'll be, uh, the better I've been, uh, my elevator goes up and, and it goes down. It's never stagnant. And if it's moving up, it's because I'm actively working on Dave on a daily basis. Um, when I stop, when I stop going to meetings, I think I'm okay to start to take my will back. Uh, pretty much immediately my elevator starts going down and, and I don't even notice it initially till I get either get back into a meeting or, get talking with a member from the fellowship somehow. So um, it's good to be here, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, God bless. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Hey, I'm Nate. So grateful hey, for Nate. what I'm hearing. Hey, Nate. So, so grateful for what I'm hearing in this meeting. Uh, so good to know that I'm not alone. Uh, I've heard other guys who've uh, transitioned between alcohol and a secondary addiction. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I've kind of learned the lesson in the opposite direction. I'm grateful to be sexually sober, grateful for all, you know, all the freedom that I've been given in that area. Uh, but I minimized my alcohol use for a very long time until it became troublesome. So, uh, and I guess, you know, it's, these days, mainly the desire to get fully sober and stay fully sober, not just from sexual acting out, but from, from uh, intoxication, alcohol intoxication, that I have been revisiting this whole issue of habits, uh, rereading some great habit books, The Power of Habit, uh, Atomic Habits, uh, and I was reminded just last week in a conversation with a friend that, you know, for most of us, like 90% of what we do on any given day, we, we did yesterday. We do it automatically. I do, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, I, so much of, of what I do, my brain has automated so that I don't have to think about what I'm going to do when I got out of bed. Uh, I, I don't have to think about showering or brushing my teeth. I can think about other things while doing those. Um, I don't have to think about backing out of the driveway. 
I have noticed, though, that because in the mornings there is a, a direction I go after I back out of the driveway, um, I've noticed that it's not unusual for me at some other time when I got Allie in the car and I'm supposed to take her somewhere else that I turned the way I always turn and I'm headed in the wrong direction before I realize, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 that's just because that has become habituated. Another big insight for me is that it isn't just actions that get habituated for me. It's also emotions. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and, uh, and those habits I now understand you know, kind of each habit has at least three components, a cue, a routine, and a reward. And uh, if I'm going to, first of all, for me, it's uh, uh, to get rid of an old habit. Let's, ah, for the sake of, you know, example, let's just, let's talk about alcohol for me right now. Um, uh, I've got to, I've got to actually pay attention to that bad habit. What is the cue? What's that trigger? Uh, for me, uh, my, uh, I fell into a habit of a glass of wine while cooking dinner. I love to cook dinner and just walking into the kitchen and, uh, opening up the refrigerator and, you know, preparing to cook. That became a big cue for me for pouring myself a glass of wine, which initially was just a glass of wine, which led to two glasses of wine, which, you know, Um, and that cues the routine. And then there, there is the reward, which turns out not to be much, a very good reward. Uh, after all, it really reminds me of sexual acting out just the residue of shame and disgust and everything that's left after that, you know, the initial hit is gone. Same thing true for me in alcohol. So, uh, you know, if I'm going to break a bad habit, I've got to recognize the cue and insert a different routine. Mm. and still have a reward that makes the routine uh, appealing. And so I'm inserting different, you know, I'm, I'm building a different routine when I cook dinner. And also to, you know, to build positive habits, uh, it really helps me to track them. So mm. one thing, a practice that I let go of uh, a few months ago, I resumed, I fired up that habit tracker on my phone again. And I've learned I can really only form three good habits at a time. If I try to do more than that, uh, it's just I'm overwhelmed. So right now, you know, I'm I'm tracking uh, uh, a meditation, a prayer meditation time. I want 10 minutes of that every day. I'm tracking uh, a reading, a healthy reading. Uh, and I'm tracking my Uh, checking my weight Uh, because I too, it's amazing when I, when I let go in one area, it seems like everything slides. Mm -hmm. And, and and I too, once, uh, you know, I, I managed to put on 15 pounds. I don't know how it happened, but (laughs) holy crap, it just was there. And uh, if I'm going to lose that weight, I gotta, I gotta track. So uh, I think we all are creatures of habit. And for me, it's just a question of, am I paying attention to my habits or am I not? And am I trying to cultivate, intentionally cultivate better habits and doing so realistically? Uh, and, and am I going to do the work to interrupt that, that habit loop for those habits that are causing me trouble? All right. Well, uh, and I'm Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. All right. We've now reached the end of this mini meeting. Thanks, fellas. Uh, Listeners, stay with us. We'll be back in a minute on the Pirate Monk podcast. And we're back in the Pirate Monk podcast. You know, I suppose that one of the questions that I get asked most often by Samson guys uh, involves uh, how best to function as a Silas, how to help somebody else 
down the path toward freedom. Uh, there are a lot of practical steps that we can help a guy take, new habits to form. And uh, so in the mini meeting, we've talked a lot about those habits. But there's also this spiritual dimension. We know that recovery is at its heart a spiritual process, a spiritual program. And so very often uh, guys will ask me, you know, how do I help a guy progress spiritually in, uh, and to deepen uh, his conscious contact with God, his ongoing sense of connection with God, his reliance upon the Heavenly Father. How, how do we do that? Uh, to be honest, I've never had any uh, quick and easy answers. I think I've been as mystified about that process as anybody else, even as I stumble in that direction. Uh, I, for that reason, was so encouraged when I came across this, uh, a new book by Bill and Christy Galtier, uh, The Journey of the Soul. Uh, they, were, they were kind enough to agree to come on the program to talk about the book. Uh, you're going to love this conversation. We'll be back with them in just a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. We are so privileged to have with us today, uh, joining us from Irvine, California, the authors of a new book that has landed right at the top of the uh, one of the Amazon lists for Christian uh, resources, Bill and Christy Galtier. Uh, welcome, Bill and Christy. Hey, Nate. Thanks so much for having us on the Pirate Monk Podcast and for your work with Samson Society. What oh, that's great you. Okay, well, it's it. Uh, I am just thrilled that you can be with us because uh, I have devoured your book, and I know that this is just a terrific contribution to uh, to recovery material, especially for Christians. So, uh, Bill, you are a psychologist, right? Yes, I am. And Christy, you're a marriage and family therapist. Yes, and you've been working now for quite a few years doing spiritual direction, counseling, retreats. Uh, tell us about your ministry, Soul Shepherding. How did that get started? Well, we basically put together uh, two sides of our career. We've been in the church world uh, for a number of years. Uh, one time Christy was the pastor. Another time I was the pastor uh, for a number of years. And we we've, we've served together in many different contexts in the church world, uh, uh -huh. including as uh, lay leaders. Our career has primarily been as doctors of psychology and uh, as therapists in private practice and also doing hospital work, uh, um, uh, day hospital work, and working with all different wow. people, anxiety, depression, uh, uh, recovery issues like you're all mm -hmm. about, um, uh, marriage issues. And so then we put the two together in soul shepherding to especially focus on uh, pastors, leaders. Uh, people who are helping others, which in, in some sense gets as broad as hopefully all Christians, because we're all called <laughs> pastors, but we right. very much have a heart for uh, pastors and missionaries and their spouses. But we work a lot with people who, like you, are, are even sponsors in 12-step programs. Or oh, yeah. You're your leaders, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a big retreat coming up in the fall, and one of the workshops that I know is going to get an awful lot of attention is called How to Be a better Silas in Samson talk. Uh, Silas is roughly equivalent to a sponsor. And one of the biggest questions that I always get when I'm hanging out with Samson guys is, all right, I have kind of signed on to be a traveling companion, a helper, an encourager uh, with another man, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not sure where we are. I'm not sure where we go. we're going. Uh, and I know that now I can refer them to us to uh, journey of the soul. So, you, uh, so you guys have. Uh, when did the insights kind of come together for you to see the stages of faith 
the way you've outlined them in the book? Well, you know, it started for us when we were first studying psychology and getting our doctorates, and we came to study a lot of different stages of development, emotionally, Mm -hmm. cognitively, morally, socially. And we started to see that some of these stages of development, they speak into one another, they overlap, they validate each other. And so Mm -hmm. then, as we were working with people and we were working with people in the church, Christian people, Christ followers, we were also looking and getting acquainted with their spiritual journey in our own. As we were journeying with people, we were looking at stages of spiritual growth and development. And then especially as we were becoming spiritual directors, we focused in on this and we saw there again, there was cross-validation in this. That we Uh were on a journey of growth and development, including Jesus. He grew in favor and knowledge of God and man. That's right. So even he had a journey of emotional and spiritual development like we do. And so as we began to see these stages and and relate them to our own journeys and find that, you know, these are right on and they're right on for us and they're right on for people we're journeying with. We went deeper because it was so helpful to us in understanding what God was doing in our lives and how to respond and participate with him in that and Mm -hmm. how to grow more in our Christ-like character and our emotional health. And so we wanted this book to be able to be accessible to anybody on yeah. this journey of emotional and spiritual growth and to be a, a roadmap for them to understand where they are and where God might be leading them next. And uh, you've laid it out. I mean, you've taken what is, you know, can be from a distance or uh, can seem like a, wow, just a, such a complex uh, you know, and vague and mysterious journey. You're not taking the mystery out, but it really helps to get a little bit of structure in there. And one of the things that that caught my attention was this kind of symmetry between the roadmap that you guys have designed and uh, a part of our charter we call the path. We've kind of broken down the recovery journey into seven stages. And when I look at what you guys have done, you've got, if we include the wall, seven stages. That's right, uh, and and then those are those are neatly correlated with an anagram, Christ, C H R I S T, uh, and that kind of. So anyway, I, I'm not going to do justice to uh, your material, so I don't care which one of you leads. But can you kind of walk us through the seven stages as you see them, and then we'll go back and perhaps look at some of them in detail. Yeah, because what uh, you're saying, Nate, that we so agree with is that we all need a, a language for yeah. our, our experience, our our brokenness, our dysfunction, our our, our hopes, our, our intended growth. And what is it? What does it actually look like in my life to become more like Jesus? And so to have words to describe these deep spiritual, relational, and emotional realities is, is really a big deal. And so when we lay out a map for people and we can put a star on that map that says, you know, this is where you are. This is your, this is your home stage. Then from yeah. there, you, you, you can really understand, okay, so these are the kinds of things that I'm experiencing and struggling with, but, but I'm not alone. Others are feeling this. And people <laughs> in the Bible, even Jesus, who was without sin, you know, the son of God, uh, and yet fully human, human. And so he even experienced these things. And so yeah. when we have that language, and then we can add into that and says, you know, if this is your home stage, these are the kinds of soul care practices and spiritual disciplines that are likely to be most helpful for you. In other yeah, words, yeah. Uh, recovery, spiritual growth, they're not one size fits all. It's not the same for everybody for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because we, we have a, a, we're in a different place. We're in a different yeah. stage of the journey. So as Christy said, we put a lot of study into this and mostly just reflecting on our own lives and the lives of people that we've been helping over the years, including people in recovery and people that are in relationship with those who had struggling with addictions. And we've just mm-hmm. seen that, that there are some commonalities here of, of the experience. So, so the Christ model, yeah, that's our acronym, C-H-R-I-S-T, and that's six stages. And in the middle is this transition of, of the wall. And so we begin with the C stage, which is confidence in Christ. And that's coming to uh, faith 
uh, in Jesus and receiving yeah. the, the life of God, you know, in us through, through trust in Jesus and, uh, and, and the Holy Spirit regenerates our heart and, and we, we begin this, this journey. Now the journey really begins before that and that God's already been working on us, but, but mm-hmm. that's where we, we come into uh, a, a relationship of uh, receiving God's forgiveness and God's love. And so there's, there's a lot of potential joy with that and, and, and relief yeah. and, and new understandings as we begin that journey. Then the next stage, the eighth stage, is help and discipleship. And in the eighth stage, we've come into relationship with God and we've learned that we're broken, we're sinner, we need salvation, we need help, we need Christ's power and favor. But as we come into the help and discipleship, we're beginning to learn that, well, there's, there's some guidelines that are yeah. for our good. There's some boundaries there that we need to regard that, that that's actually loving for us as well as others and God, and that there's truth that God gives us that, that's helpful and important for us to learn. And we start mm-hmm. to learn through this help and discipleship through others that are ahead of us on the journey, how to actually obey some of the things Jesus teaches, like yeah. prayer. What, is it, what does it look like to pray? What does it look like to worship? And we're mm-hmm. beginning to get an, a greater experience of doing this in community as well, being discipled okay. and led by others. Okay, so that's stage two, the H stage. Okay, now we move on to R. R is responsibilities in ministry, and that's where we're discovering our, our gift or the uniqueness of our personality and how we yeah. can— serve the Lord uh, in church or it might be in a, in a recovery group or uh, a nonprofit ministry, our, our family, our neighborhood, uh, a mission that we're involved with, lots of different ways that we might be uh, doing some work, uh, works of love. Uh, we, yeah. we do this on our job in, in the marketplace or in a profession, but we're, the point is we're learning how to make our unique contribution uh, for God's glory. And we're realizing yeah. that God has, has a call or an equipping or a certain shape or, or heart that, that he's given us that we can express in, in ministry to other people. Yeah, yeah. So here I am. I've, I've been work. I found my place in ministry or what I believe is God's calling. And I've been working now for maybe for years. And uh, and then and then I love your language for this. And then I hit this obstacle that you call the wall. Describe the wall. Yeah. Well, the wall, we most often will hit it after some time and responsibilities in ministry. And that's because as we have gone along in these first three stages of growth and development, we've actually kind of come to depend upon ourselves a little bit too much. We've maybe gotten a little bit ego invested in uh, what God's done with our gifts as we've used And we began to rely on our own gifts and what we're doing, our own behaviors, the results that we're we're getting there have been reinforced. We've gotten attention for that. We've gotten appreciation for that. The problem is we can start to get even addicted to that, addicted Mm -hmm. to the appreciation and the attention and the strokes and the success that we're having in our responsibilities for God or even in our life with God. We can even get overly zealous in our disciplines and get legalistic and get tripped up mm-hmm. in that. And when we hit the wall, we find that there's no more life anymore in any of this for us. What used to be life-giving now maybe has just become dry or it's just become duty. And yeah. we're just going through the motions. And we've lost that first fire and connection with God that we had and that passion that we started out with. And we may be at the wall or are encountering some doubt. We're beginning mm-hmm. to doubt God. We're beginning to wonder if... What he, what the Bible says is really true, and so yeah. it's this distrust with God that we can, hit or doubt, or crisis, or burnout, or blowout that we can find ourselves at this wall. And at the wall, we tend to either feel like, well, I guess this is all there is, and I just yeah. need to go back to one of these earlier stages and try to find some of that, you know, fruit and fulfillment I found earlier, or just try harder. But mm-hmm. that's not the answer at the wall. Yeah, yeah. What is the answer? Well, that's that's the, one of the big takeaways with uh, our book, Journey of the Soul, and this map of the Christ stages is to know that at the wall, the Holy Spirit is doing a work in us to draw us into the inner journey, the yes. eyes in the Christ model. Yeah. And yeah. so 
a lot of people, when they hit the wall, and it could be for any of these reasons that Christy has mentioned, it could it could be your uh, your loved one has come into uh, an addiction and destroyed their life, and and you've yeah. been caring for them, and, and you know now you're realizing that you've been enabling and rescuing, and and that that's your wall, or it could yeah. be the addict hits hits bottom, and yeah. and that's the wall. It could it could be a depression. Uh, commonly for a lot of people, it's a burnout or a tiredness, a spiritual dryness, like Christy was saying, but whatever, whatever that wall is, and, and that wall could really happen at any place in our journey. It could happen even before we come to Christ or in the C or H uh, stages, but most commonly we see it in the R stage after some years of carrying responsibilities and, and yeah. we hit the wall again. And that's a, that's a defining wall because it's in the, it's in the middle of those, Christ stages, and it's a place where we can really get stuck. And it's a, and it's a we call it the soul pivot here at the wall because if we can get through this wall into the I stage, we come into a whole other spirituality, a whole other relationality and self awareness, and we realize, wow, there is so much more to the Christian life than I understood. It's yeah. like the psalmist saying, "Wow, you Lord, you brought me out into a wide open space." Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. I stage can become this place of spaciousness and intimacy with God, but it doesn't normally start there because what it, what's evoking the inner journey spirituality is the wall, which is including stuckness and dryness, uh, uh, difficulty, uh, maybe a discouragement, uh, and, and faith questions oftentimes, like Christy has said. And so yeah. to, to do the inner journey work, we need to get out our shovel. And we, we have a, a different symbol <laughs> for each of these Christ stages, we have a different symbol. For the C stage, okay. it's the church, because that's where you yeah. come to the faith. For the H stage, it's the Bible, because in helping discipleship, you're digging in deeper into God's word, probably in a small right. group. In the R stage, the symbol is a medal, because you're like on a team. Everybody's got a, a part to play in the team. We're going for the goal. And so, you know, you get the goal, and it's like you get a medal there. And <laughs> and so now at the, at the I stage, the symbol is is a shovel, because we need to, we need to dig into some crap. I mean, we got yeah. some messes in our lives. We've got we got some brokenness. We've got some sin and ways we've been sinned against, and, and we're angry about some things. And in the case of recovery from addiction, there, there's a wake of probably broken relationships and irresponsibility. Yeah. And so, all there's a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up. And so, the beginning of the, of the I stage is being prompted by this wall. Is is these questions and these reflections and and talking to your sponsor in, in a twelve step group or meeting with a therapist or or talking with a spiritual director? Our, our ministry yeah. in soul shepherding, we we train spiritual directors, and so we have lots of and many of them are people of of recovery that have been in the ministry of sponsoring others and they want to learn better how, how to listen with empathy, how to how to listen prayerfully, and how to how to guide people through something like the Christ stages towards greater love for. God and love for neighbor and, and to be in those prayerful conversations. But at, at the wall, it is so important that you have someone, if it's not a spiritual director, one of these other types of roles, or even, even a soul friend, but it's helpful when you have someone that has some training and some expertise yeah, to understand. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why your sponsors in the Samson Society, your, your Silas's, mm -hmm. why yeah. they, they, they've taken some training and they've been through their own journey of recovery, right? And some of you are listening like, yeah, that's me. I've been, I've been through a lot. I've had, I've had to deal with my addiction and some of the wreckage and I, I needed to get help. And so I was talking to my Silas and you can see how that's made a difference for you. And then now you can, you can help help others. So in that I stage is that that process of deeper reflection and deeper prayer. And if we'll do that work through the, through the pain and, and the wrestlings and the struggle, then things begin to open up for us in a new way in our relationship with God. And we can experience a, a spiritual renewal that can be really wonderful and, and begins to open us up now into these later Christ stages, the I, S, and T stages, where there's a whole other type of spirituality that can be uh, more joyful Joyful, more fruitful, more more integrated, and and mm -hmm. more uh, in tune with with Christ. Wow! 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 Okay, and this is not you know, not now we're kind of getting out of what perhaps earlier was a performance orientation, right? And I'm not being I'm not judging myself or others of the success in my life by by the applause I'm getting or the accomplishments or the goals I'm reaching. All right, and now launched on this this inner 
journey. So uh, tell us about the S stage. First of all, what's the symbol for the S stage? The symbol for the S stage is a sailboat. Because after we've been in the inner journey a while and we've stopped denying and trying to numb our emotions, we've gotten emotionally honest with God and with others and ourselves, And we've been doing this soul work here of giving the Lord access to the deeper parts of our souls that we join them and putting our hand on that shovel to uncover. Then as we go into the S stage, we're at this place where we have learned to really enter into God's oceanic love. And we've come to understand that there's going to be times where we can just be still in God's presence and we're going to wait on the Lord. We're not going to try to make anything happen. We're not going to depend upon our own power, our own strength anymore, but we're going to wait Mm. for the wind of the spirit to come and catch ourselves. And when the wind of the spirit comes, we're ready. We've learned how to adjust ourselves and move with his spirit. And we've learned to lean into the adventure of that and the excitement and the unpredictability of what God is going to do and to trust him in that. And so it's an exciting time here, again, of ministry, of overflowing all the things that we've learned and of inviting people into this intimate, organic relationship with God and this new life that we have, this renewed health and freedom that we have in this place of greater maturity and greater health and healing. And we become actually wounded healers now. Yes. Spirit-led ministry. Yes. Because we have received so much healing and yet we're still, we're humbled by our woundedness. And so we're able to Mm. be vulnerable and still honest about that and out of our own experience, offer that hope and that guidance and that healing to others on the journey farther behind us. By the way, I love the nautical imagery also yeah. for selfish reasons, because, you know, we call in the Samson society, we often refer to ourselves as the pirate monks for us, that monk with an eye patch is kind of an image of the integrated life. Right. Mm. Uh, and uh, now that I'm sailing uh, before I hit the wall, my experience, I so resonate with all of this. My experience uh, during my years of preparation for ministry, my years of ministry was I was always bright and shiny. I didn't want anybody to see the shadow and I didn't want to look at the shadow myself. And I was quite convinced that my brokenness and my weakness, if ever discovered, would disqualify me from ministry that couldn't have any value at all in the work of the ministry, only to find out after being helped through inner work uh, that what I thought was my weakness, that hollow place in me, was that thing that God was going to use to make me more useful. And when I was willing to bring all of me uh, in humility into ministry and not try to be bright and shiny or larger than life or grandiose anymore, there's a whole new dimension of of power that arrives. And uh, people trust you more. Uh, there is, uh, there are so many more opportunities for real connection. I sense that people can, people sense how genuine you are and how deep you've gone in your own life. And I think that kind of, um, you know, titrate uh, what they're going to give you accordingly. Uh, forgive me. I'm doing a lot of talking and this is, this is your program, but uh, I love this. Okay. So that's that. So I'm sailing in the S stage and now bring us to that, that final stage, the T stage. That's for transforming union because our whole Christ journey is one of increasing intimacy with God. Yeah. uh, You know, we can be intimate with God at any stage, we can uh, love God and neighbor well at any stage. And so all the stages are to be celebrated and the stages yeah. are not a, a ranking system. Uh, yeah. It's a developmental model that's showing a, a growth process that's going to be back and forth. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a, a linear process. It's very much back and forth. Beautiful. And okay. Many Christ followers, uh, unfortunately, do not get through the wall and they can get stuck in our stage. And when we get, as we get older into our forties and up, if we, we've surely hit the wall at least once by that time. And if we haven't gotten the help we need to get through that wall, then there can be a a, a spiritual dysfunction or an uh, unhealthy or even toxic religiosity that develops if we get stuck in that R stage. And so that would certainly be unhealthy, but it's an important point to say that in the R stage or any stage, we can be very healthy. 
So the T stage, in a way, is expressing what God is doing with us all along in drawing okay. us into this, into this union, into this intimacy, and into this growing Christ-likeness, learning to become more loving. So expressions are the T stage, or like you see the Apostle Paul, and he says, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And you, yeah. you hear him say things like, you know, pray without ceasing and bless those that curse you. And of course, the teachings of Jesus around, you know, loving, loving your neighbor. And so this, these are the defining aspects of the T stage. So you mentioned like being Silas's. And I think about Paul and Silas uh, in yeah. the jail in Philippi and they've uh-huh. been sharing Christ. And they and they're in, they're being persecuted by by these people and they're actually uh, beaten and, and put in jail and their feet and, and hands in in stocks shackled and and they're they're prisoners there and they're they're mistreated and they're they're bleeding and, and everything and there they are singing hymns to God <laughs> because yeah. they're not just in the jail yeah they're in the kingdom of God they're in the Father's yeah. world and yeah. Silas and Paul are helping each other. We, we don't get Paul without Silas, and we don't get Silas without Paul. Oh, I love that point. Yes. And that's yeah. what you're doing so much of in Samson society is building these relationships, these conversations and these groups and, right. and then this process right. of, of recovery. So in the T stage, there's really a, a full flowering of, of the mm-hmm. work of God in, in a freedom that would say, you know, whether I'm experiencing consolation or desolation, spiritual highs or spiritual lows whether people are appreciating me or criticizing me, whether I'm feeling close to God or far from God, whether I'm feeling used by God or not used by God. For me, everything is Christ. And if I can just love God right where I am and stand with Jesus and love the people where I am, even if that means that I'm going to go through some hard times, it's okay. Because my life and my joy is being with Jesus and serving Jesus. And so there's a maturity there in our attitude and in our trust and our relationality that, that more than ever before, we're able to transcend the natural ups and downs of, of our circumstances in life. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, how crucial is uh, community, the body of Christ, fellowship to this whole process? Yeah, well, to go with Journey to the Soul, we, we wrote a leader guide, which is, is for small groups. Uh-huh. And we created a website, journeyofthesoul.org, and it's all around the importance of relationships. So yeah. we're, we're gathering people like you are in Samson Society and Soul Shepherding. We're gathering people and, and small groups and in soul friend relationships to talk about their journey of the soul and yeah. what is their experience in these Christ stages and to share their stories with each other and listen with empathy and pray for each other and learn the language of the stages and learn the different soul care practices and spiritual disciplines that can help us at these stages. And we really can't grow very well if it's just me and Jesus or yes. me and Jesus and my Bible. We, we really <laughs> need a We need a group. Sometimes we need a, yeah. need a or a spiritual director, because to get at the, these inner stuff that we're especially digging into in the I stage, which is a much yeah. quieter season, following the R stage of responsibilities and ministry, where we've been really active in, in work and, and in doing stuff for God and, and having responsibilities. But then we, we've hit that wall in one way or another. The I stage is a time where we need to, to slow down. We, we need to talk to that spiritual director. We need to do less work. We, we need to maybe mm-hmm. go on retreat. We need, we need more space to feel our, our, our self and our, and our life and our relationship with God where we're at apart from our performance and rediscover right. that really who I am is not a human doing. I'm a human being. And yes. I'm loved and, and there's grace for me, forgiveness for me, even if I'm not so productive or like, like you were saying, Nate, I'm not so shiny uh, yeah, for the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, so yeah. sparkly and, and people aren't impressed with me, but learning yeah. that that's okay because my real life is hidden with Christ in God and, and there, there's yeah. substance to that. And so I'm going deeper in that. And then it's out of that that what really propels us into the S stage that's this more active stage of ministry again, like in the R stage. But in the mm-hmm. R stage, mostly we're doing our, our work, our service for God, which is yeah. a great thing. It's essential for all of us. But what right. is hard for most of us in the R stage is to grasp 
well, how do I do this work or this ministry or, or be a, a recovery sponsor? How do I do that with Jesus? Mm. We might have the, the conceptual or theological understanding of that, right. but the habits and the personality orientation to learn how to do what we're doing, not just out of self-effort and striving, but yeah. out of relying on God's presence with me and relying mm. on Jesus to be the one that's doing the, the ministry and the speaking and the work. And, and I'm in yes. that easy yoke with him, you see. And yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. discovering in the S stage is that uh, there is an easy yoke of Jesus says, you know, walk with me and work with me. Come on, yeah. you step, into, step into the yoke with me. We'll pull the plow across the field together. There are people yeah. that are hungry or that are hurting, and we want, we're going to help them, but I'm going to do it with you. So now yes. in this S stage, I'm learning this, this with God life that I, I was learning that in the I stage of the inner journey, but mostly mm -hmm. for my own recovery, my own healing, right. my own growth. Now I'm bringing that in, back into more active ministry, but in a totally different way. Gotcha. The Christian is ministering out of the overflow. And so right, there's, right. A, there's a new ease, a new relaxedness, a new joy. And, and gosh, mm. how painful it is. What a blessing it is when, let's say, you're, you're an alcoholic and, and th that has just caused a lot of pain for you and your loved ones. But then you find the Samson Society and you, you get help and you're, you're working through the steps. You're working through your path and, and God is healing you and you're learning to be responsible and to stay sober and to involve God in that process and to, and to seek forgiveness where you've messed up and learn to live in grace and give grace to other people. And you're doing that inner journey work. And, and then now you, you re-engage and you become uh, a Silas or a sponsor to other people mm -hmm. and see your, your best Silas's and, and sponsors are going to be in, in, in the best meaning, like the most effective. They're going to be yeah. in that S stage because they've learned to not, not force it, not push it, not make it happen, yeah. not yeah. give like lots of advice and, and try to get people to do things. And certainly and not exactly. Yes. Yeah. So true. Oh yeah. Oh, this is exciting. Uh, I am especially excited about the, the, the guide that you have uh, provided for groups. We've got, of course, Samson groups across the country and around the world. And now uh, it sounds to me as though even a virtual Samson group could set up uh, a study time and uh, go, through, go through this material together. Oh, no? for sure. We've designed it that way. If you go on journeythesoul.org, you're going to see videos. They're free videos uh, available mm -hmm. to anybody guiding you through the Journey of the Soul book and each of the Christ stages. Uh, we've got the leader guide on there that makes it really easy for you to lead a six-week group, or you can extend it to 10 or 12 weeks. But we give okay. you the, the uh, we break down the content for you from the Journey of the Soul book, and we give you questions. We even give you what we call spiritual direction tips, but you could call them sponsor tips, but they're, they're like... Yeah attitudes, uh, questions, things to look for in each of the groups that you're leading. And we've also put together uh, something that's really fun. People really like this. It's called the Journey of the Soul Soul Talk Cards. It's like a playing deck of cards, 52 cards. Okay. They're, they're guiding you through the Christ stages. And so okay. each of the cards relates to one of the six Christ stages or the wall. And so- okay. Each designed around the, the Christ stages, and when you when you pull out a card, there's a Bible verse on there that relates to that stage, and then yeah. there's a small talk question. And so this nice people, just little little bits, little little snacks, little little snippets of conversation to talk about their journey with Jesus yeah. and, and their journey yeah. of recovery and their experiences, and and to make it sort of fun in a way that not only are we hearing each other's story in, in little pieces and getting to know each other and support each other, but as we do that, we're, we're learning these Christ stages of growth. Yeah. The other thing oh, that's, that's good about doing this in community is that we learn from each other's stories, and as each person articulates their experience, it, it helps us. It validates our experience, sure. and it helps us also to not get stuck in shame because when yeah. we don't understand what we're experiencing and we're hiding that from other people, we get totally engulfed in shame. And so right. as we to, to read the articulation of these stages and it becomes normalized my experience and I go, Oh, I'm not alone. And I don't feel shame for it. Instead, I feel hope. And I get this vision of how God is working for good. The, yeah. the pits that I'm experiencing in the stage I'm in, because even though there's, a main stage of the wall that's a, an important soul pivot, 
in every stage, we have times, high peaks, consolations, yeah. we experience uh-huh. God with us, and we have these pits, these times of desolation, where we don't really right. know what God's doing, and we feel like we're failing, and we, we don't have a vision that there's anything more or better. And so mm-hmm. as we come mm-hmm. to understand what some of the unique expressions of that and experiences of those are in each of our stages and share in that, it, it's, a, it's bonding to us, and yeah. it also encourages and hope to continue in the journey. Well, you guys have been very generous in sharing your insights here in the podcast. There's a whole lot more in the book, and I I cannot recommend the book more highly. It's Journey of the Soul. I got mine on Amazon. I'm sure it's in fine bookstores everywhere. Um, now, you guys, uh, do you do you put your calendar on your website so that people can find out where you are? And are you still accepting bookings for retreats? Yes, we are. Uh, how do people? Go ahead. Yeah, we love to speak at uh, conferences and retreats uh, in churches and to groups, and we do that in person. We do that online, uh-huh. and uh, we we can uh, deliver Journey to Soul material. We we guide people through experiences where we do different. We have many different soul shepherding experiences of different ways of praying scripture, reflecting on scripture, uh, mm. journaling, different different uh, exercises of guided soul talk, things like praying a psalm that. Uh, and particularly like a psalm of lament that helps us with that inner journey work that is so yeah. so much the heart of, of of the recovery process and what you're all about mm-hmm. in Samson Society. And so, yeah, if you go to uh, soulshepherding.org, that's our website, you can learn more about our ministry and you can learn uh, where we're speaking. You can uh, book us for something. You can uh, We can train you in our Soul Shepherding Institute where we have uh, we do five-day retreats on spiritual formation and soul care topics. They're all Christ-centered. We integrate our, our Christ-centered psychology into the process of spiritual and emotional growth. Uh, we, we train spiritual directors, so we actually provide a certificate in the ministry nice. of spiritual direction for people that want to uh, have that as a ministry or people that want to take that understanding, that way of relating into their current work or their current ministry with the Samson Society or in their church or in their small group, we give you the, the training for the skills of, of empathy and, and prayer and how to guide people through the Christ stages. Wow, fantastic. Well, listeners, we've been listening to Bill and Christy Galtier. The book, again, is Journey of the Soul. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been, for me, such an inspiring conversation. Oh, Nate, it's a joy for us. We're, we're so thankful for what you're doing, helping people in recovery to uh, get out of the shame and repeating the, the dysfunction and brokenness and, and into the light of God's love and grace and doing that in, in relationship. And so, you know, if Journey of the Soul and Soul Shepherding can be helpful to you, that, that, that brings us real joy. And Fantastic. for all of your listeners, we just want to affirm you for really stewarding the soul that God gave mm. you in this way by joining in the Samson Society here. Thank you, Christy. Well, listeners, stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. And we're back in the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, once again, uh, uh, so grateful to Bill and Christy for giving generously of, of their time and uh, sharing their wisdom with us. All the details about how to contact them, uh, how to access their resources will be in the show notes. So you can go there to get them. All right. Well, uh, looking ahead, this month's uh, the June-July issue of the Noble Briefing the uh, newsletter, the Samson Society newsletter that anybody who's signed up at samsonsociety.org should get automatically. That contains uh, a link to the registration page for the big fall retreat, the first weekend in November in Eva, Tennessee. Uh, we've got our lineup, our guest speaker, uh, Jim Cress, guest artist, Mo Leverett, some terrific workshops. Uh, this one's going to fill up very quickly. So if you uh, plan on going, you need to reserve your space. There's a very limited space on this. Uh, We've got thousands of guys in the Samson Society and only a couple hundred slots at the retreat. You can reserve your space 
uh, you know, where the deposit is low as $25. So, uh, and we'll put a link. If it's not there already, by the time you get this, it'll be there shortly. There'll be a link on the Samson Society main page as well to the retreat. Uh, but go ahead and get yourself signed up if it's at all possible for you to make it to Middle Tennessee first weekend in November. As always, we love to hear from you. We treasure uh, every message we get from our listeners. You can reach us at piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, then, uh, my name's Nate. Uh, I'm an idiot. (laughs) I am a restored son of the sovereign Lord. Uh, I know that God loves me, and I don't hate myself anymore. I'm learning to see myself as a treasured son of God. I am grateful for his restorative, redemptive work in my life, however incomplete it yet is, and grateful for uh, any way that he gets to use me day after day. I pray that you can say the same. Until next time, this is Nick signing off on the Pirate Monk. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com. <laughs>